0: What I used to always tell my team is, you know, when things aren't working, that's, that's good because we're learning as long as we do something to mitigate that. This is From Paint to Purpose, a podcast by FCP Services, where we believe people drive growth, exploring topics related to company culture, leadership, and construction industry insights. Now your host, John Barsness.
1: Welcome, everybody, to this next episode of From Paint to Purpose. Today, we've got a very special guest, uh, a marketing superstar, uh, Stacy May, who is joining us to talk about marketing, especially in light of uh, COVID-19 and in small and mid-sized businesses. So, Stacy, welcome to the show, and we appreciate you being here.
0: Thank you. I like being called a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to thank you guys for having me aboard today. I think um, it's fun to talk to you, um, John, because we've worked together in the past. And I think what I always sort of appreciated about my working relationship with you is you understood marketing. And you you knew how to put the focus on core values, which obviously then benefits the, the company brand and reputation. So that's what I miss about working with you. Well, he, I appreciate- he gets it. <laughs> You know, well, an HR guy who gets marketing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, don't tell, that, say that too loud. They might actually make that a full-time job of mine right now. And I'm probably not the best <laughs> equipped for that, but I do appreciate it. it. It was fantastic to work with you as well and to incorporate what we were doing with core values into uh, the brand recognition uh, where we we're at. So I guess for the, the audience, why don't you tell us a little bit about your career path and, and uh, a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure, sure. Uh, My sweet spot is digital marketing. um, And I have always loved digital anything. um, And I think that's really what pointed me in that direction of, of digital marketing. Um, I remember getting, you know, the first Palm Pilot, which do you remember what that was? <laughs> right? I'm yeah, aging got, myself a little bit. We've but. got
1: a couple of millennials in the, on the broadcast. They won't know what that is. So we might have to show them a picture at some point.
0: Sorry, people. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I've always sort of had a natural um, interest in, in anything digital. Um and I think from there, um, you know, going in, well, digital marketing, just to define it, because I know other people have different understandings of what digital marketing is, but I simply define it as really connecting the brand with customers um, through internet advertising or internet or any digital medium, and then also using technology. And again, I think that technology piece of digital marketing is extremely important because that's what enables um, us to develop effective and efficient marketing plans for, for you know organizations. But anyway, when I was um, attending the University of Minnesota, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, right? You know, like many students. And so I struggled with that. But shortly after I started my freshman year at the U of M, my uncle happened to open up a restaurant called Maxwell's. And Maxwell's was located, if anyone's familiar with the U of M, Maxwell's was located on Washington Avenue um, by the Metrodome. Again, you guys won't know what the Metrodome is. (laughs) It was an old stadium. Um, And also by the Seven Corners area. Um, And so he needed some help and I needed experience. And so I became his marketing intern. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, But through that experience, he really taught me about getting to know the customer and really how do we target the customer and how do we meet their needs. Um, And he also taught me a lot about sort of developing customer loyalty, right? So it might've been something like, okay, we're gonna have a grand opening. Who are we going to target? What are we going to serve them? Um, And so it was through that experience that I really knew that marketing is is what I wanted to do. Um, And, you know, moving forward, um, post-college, I was able to um, luckily get a job in marketing right away working for an advertising agency in Minneapolis. And I was negotiating print media plans Um, But my first exposure to digital marketing back then was um, throughout the course of, of negotiating the print plans, you know, traditional marketing, I was throwing in, you know, free advertising for something called the World Wide Web. Um, And the World Wide Web at that time was definitely established. It just wasn't very well known. So that's where I gained my interest and experience, first and foremost, with digital marketing. Um, Moving on beyond uh, that, I was able to land a job with an internet startup company where we launched one of the first um, human-assisted search engines. So again, I was very exposed to digital Anything at a an er- very early point in my career, which I was thankful for. Um, after the internet uh, marketing startup company, um, then I really sort of got more involved in learning how to manage people and marketing teams. And, you know, I guess most currently, my last three employers recruited me to really come in and elevate their marketing to the next level. So that's really where I got my experience um, building teams. Building um, platforms, building organizations from the ground up, and absolutely love it still to this day. So,
1: so when you walk into an organization who doesn't either understand how to leverage digital marketing into their marketing uh, strategy as it stands today, how do you introduce people who may not understand that, especially in leadership roles, uh, and and how that can impact both a sales-driven uh, approach? but also on product or service and being able to integrate all of those things in. So how do you introduce that to an organization?
0: I learned the hard way, right? Um, You know, I think I've really learned to sort of feed the executive team and feed other departments um, in small bite-sized pieces because if you – try to get too complex with laying out this huge master plan of what digital marketing is and why should we be doing it, it becomes a little bit overwhelming. And so I learned early on that you really need to, to educate people over time and show them little wins, um, and then that sort of gets everybody okay on board I get this. I see how this is going to provide value to the company. I think the other piece of it um, that is very, very important is digital marketing is an excellent tool to be able to not only provide ultimate you know, customer service, um, but also just creating a really healthy Um, engagement with the customer and also a really healthy customer experience. So I think once you start explaining that digital marketing can do X, Y, and Z, which is going to impact our customer experience, um, they start to understand it sort of from a what's in it for me perspective. And I think that that's been really helpful in terms of trying to steer companies in the direction of, of digital marketing.
1: And so speaking of, of that customer experience, which everybody is sort of using now as a buzzword yes. uh, around marketing, how have you been able to leverage that digital marketing specifically to be able to enhance that experience uh, and kind of the return on investment for both the uh, business, but also those customers and making them uh, maybe more sticky to uh, the brand itself?
0: Love it, yes. And I think one of the ways in which I started to understand how to use digital marketing to please the customers was, you know, really talking to the customers, um, whether that's one-on-one, whether that's doing surveys, um, and so really taking the information from the customer and understanding what, what they need, you know, what is it that you need. And then from there, you know, as an example, you know, people said, we want to be able to use your website to find product. I have a hard time finding the right product for me, right? So, how can we take that need and turn it into a solution? And again, an example was we built a product finder. Uh, feature on our website where it would allow people to come in and check a box and say, I need this, I need this, I, I need this. And it would present them with all the products to meet their needs. So that I think is the value of making sure that you have a healthy mix of digital marketing you know, I- in your overall marketing plan, because you can listen to the customer and you can build something to make their job easier and to make it easier to you know, influence the buying decision through um, ways to uh, enhance service or features on the website, as an example.
1: With the explosion of social media, how has that impacted even the uh, approach to digital marketing today compared to when you started in that in that realm?
0: Right. Social media um, is always a hard sell a lot of times, um, especially to the executive team. Um, because you can't necessarily attach a hard ROI from the social media piece of the marketing plan. Um, but I think that what's important about social media is it really helps provide an authentic way of promoting your product and services. Because those followers are coming to you because you're giving them relevant content that meets their needs. It's not us pushing to them, it's them coming to us with that relevant information. So I believe that it really creates a community of of um, prospective customers and existing customers and bringing them all together. Um, so I think that's really the power behind the social media um, aspect of a marketing plan. I also think that, um, you know, again, from a business perspective, once you build that social media, Community and engagement online, um, they start attracting to our brand, and then they will, you know, ideally come to our website, and then they'll chat with a salesperson. And so it's really a a solid foundation for uh, helping people understand who we are and what we do and how we can help them.
1: So from a executive standpoint, who says, yeah, that's all great, but <laughs> my risk is what what happens when uh, that universe of social media turns on us or changes our brand image. For example, how do you combat that if you can at all when it comes to projecting the right message on your on brand?
0: Yes, that is definitely a risk. Um, however, it sort of ties back to that authenticity again, right? So, if there is a customer who you know puts a negative comment out, uh, you know, on social media, it should be our responsibility to go in and mitigate that risk and combat the issue, but also show people that, you know what, we're not perfect, So, but here's how we're going to solve the problem. And so I think that it's really important for businesses to make sure that they are responding to not only negative comments, but also positive comments. So it shows that we're real, it shows that we're authentic, and it shows that we're going to help take care of a customer even if they had a bad experience.
1: Which I think is half the battle, right? Because nobody is perfect and, and most of the time uh, where you gain credibility with your clients is to admit the mistakes that were made and, and how do you solve it? Because at the end of the day, customers are just looking at, for ease of use and a quality product or service. Right. And so when you when you tie that into the end result, how do you go about uh, attaching a strategy to maybe the sales plan or the overall uh, vision that that an organization has, can you walk our, our viewers maybe through at a high level what steps you sort of look at as a as putting a, a brand strategy together?
0: Right. Specific to social media?
1: Social media, digital marketing, and maybe how that fits into right. whether it's print media or trade shows or whatever that might be.
0: Sure. And I think, again, uh, it comes back to asking questions. Um, and I think it's really important for, you know, marketing holistically to make sure that we're sitting down with the sales team, we're sitting down with the executive team, we're sitting down with the product team to really understand what it is that we're trying to achieve and where we're trying to go before we even start the planning process. I think the other critical aspect to putting together a marketing plan is is asking those tough questions. And I know sometimes um, asking the tough questions um, doesn't sit well with with people because it's hard, right? And so, you know, as marketers, we should be saying, where are the leads coming from today? Are they successful? Are we targeting the right people? If we're not targeting the right people, who do we need to go after? Do we need to tap into new markets? Um, you know, once a lead comes in, how long is it taking us to turn that lead into revenue? And really digging in, Um, And asking those questions, I think, is is key to putting together a strategic marketing plan. Um, And yes, we're not always going to have the answers to that, and I I completely understand that because every company is at a different phase of being able to um, um, implement those analytics that can answer all those questions for us, right? But we at least have to start asking those questions. And then once you sort of ask those questions and Um, I think the other important thing is to really then Develop a short-term and a long-term plan. Um, I think, you know, as marketers, we need to make sure that we don't overthink things, right, and wait till we have the the whole plan in place. We need to develop a short-term plan on how we are going to meet those needs with some quick wins so that we can get the buy-in successfully from the executive team, the product team, and the sales team. So always coming up with a short-term plan, and then, of course, making sure that we have a long-term marketing roadmap that will help us um, build on these technologies that we need to make sure that we're effectively and efficiently um, implementing successful marketing programs. So when
1: you've worked in both startups and then larger, maybe legacy companies that have a brand awareness today, have you found a sweet spot for yourself where you really enjoy working in either a kind of emerging market or startup or some of the legacy, maybe some of the positives and negatives of working in both in uh, spaces?
0: Yes, that's a good question. Um, I think stepping into organizations with a legacy brand, um, I think the, the fun part of that is being able to um, increase the marketing awareness um, and sort of build that energy and that awareness and that engagement back up again, um, similar to if I were to walk into a startup where they don't have a brand. So again, the the benefit to both of those is is the fun part of it, I guess I should say, is really being able to make a difference. Um, I think sometimes the if I had to pick out a con for um, the legacy-type companies, I think it would be um, – you know, there's always challenges with, you know, resisting change. And a lot of times in legacy companies, naturally, everybody's used to doing things the way they want. You know, they've always done it in the past. And so um, the the con, which can be definitely overcome, is, is how do we navigate through the resistance of change? Um, I think if I had to pick out a con for uh, working for a startup company is that um, – you don't know what's going to happen, right? So you're starting from ground zero. I think it's really critical in situations like that too to always be testing things, especially with an internet startup or any startup company. Always make sure that we're testing and we're getting rid of the things that just aren't producing and, and we're keeping the things that are producing and we're always looking for that next best thing that can be really driving the brand forward.
1: So that, that brings up a a great point of always trying to stay ahead of maybe where the market is going and, and how do you view marketing as part of an organization where you are bringing that voice to the table, especially when you're competing values of uh, maybe an executive's perspective, the sales team obviously has revenue targets that they're trying to hit. And oftentimes that's short-term in many ways, and then product and, and maybe the, the service side where they have a competing, you're you're really working within, within a group that probably has competing uh, priorities at times. How do you yes. balance that as a marketing executive walking into an organization and saying, okay, I hear all of those things. How do we tie that together? And how do you play that role?
0: Right. And that is always a, a fun challenge for marketing, right? I mean, because we are supporting several areas of the business, but um, I think collaboration and open communication has to be key. Um, and so... You know, making sure that all of us are are trying to achieve the same goal and kind of creating or 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 getting that alignment across all of the various departments. So I think that collaboration and alignment is critical. I think the um I think the other thing is really um, balancing resources um, to where we're going to achieve the best result. Right. So the sales team might want X. The product team might want Y but how can we deliver on something that's going to produce for the business and keeping that um, front of mind um, ahead of, of, you know, everybody wanting everything. Um, So, again, that that collaboration, that goal orientation, um, and really just focusing on what's going to bring us the biggest bang for our buck.
1: So when you walk into an organization, and I know this is what you experienced in some ways when we worked <laughs> together, was uh, a, a both combining a, a a force of nature, if you will, from a uh, from a leadership perspective, but also sort of having a cupboard somewhat half bare from a marketing uh, and resource perspective. How do you go in and, and analyze what it is that you think you're going to need for your team, uh, and then building a team? So maybe talk a little bit about how you go about. Uh, actually looking at the skills you have, how do right. you uh, augment that, and then build up a team that that can resource the organization appropriately.
0: Right, right. And the other thing I wanted to add um, with your question before um, is, is also making sure that we always have facts to help make those prioritization issues as well. And this also dovetails into the question that you're asking me now is really, you know, when developing a team, um, I literally map out what other skills that we're going to need for the marketing team, right? Because a lot of organizations, when they say, hey, we want you to come in and really evolve our, our marketing department, we can't expect that we're going to build a whole team right away, you know, in a month. And so we have to take it in small bite-sized pieces. And so it's really... First step would be asking questions about what the business needs. Second step is really about, okay, what resources are we going to need short-term and long-term to make that happen? Um, And so um, one of the things that I think is really important is taking a look at what skill sets do we need in-house versus what skill sets can we afford to outsource? Um, And so really looking at the landscape of what we need and then mapping people to that. Um, And one thing that I really learned um, several times over was that um, outsourcing is a good thing if you need, you know, augmentation to an existing team, but also making sure that we have critical skill sets in-house um, because once you outsource, you're losing that rich intelligence that they're gaining about our products or our services. So um, it's really trying to identify those roles. I'll take search marketing as an example. I outsourced search marketing um, many times over because we had a need and I didn't have the skill set in-house, right? But once you bring that skill set in-house, that intelligent you know, product and service knowledge that you have to have to successfully develop search marketing is really, really valuable. So you want to try to maintain that skill set in-house. Once you outsource it, then that person leaves, and all of that rich knowledge also goes with that person. So it's just really taking a look at what skills do we need in-house and what's going to benefit us most. Um, And then also developing analytics, I think, right away is really key to – creating a marketing department, because you're going to be asked to, what are you doing for us? And if you don't have those analytics in place, and it could be very simple and basic, um, but if you don't have those analytics in place, then A, we don't know how we're performing from a marketing perspective, and B, how can we sell ourselves to the organization if we don't have anything to prove? So, you know, I think before digital marketing came along, marketing was heavily based on assumptions when digital marketing hit, we now have the capabilities to really prove, you know, what it is that digital marketing is doing um, because we have the technology to be able to really take a look at online behaviors and what are people doing on our website and, and you know, what ROI is coming from our marketing um, operations. So, again, I think that the analytics is, is really critical to an organization.
1: Well, I think that brings up a great point because the the rapid pace of change in our world today just continues to accelerate, I think, but also because of that rich data that is there as a marketing team, I would assume just like in many other places in an organization, you also have to be able to pivot very quickly then when you're seeing trending that is more visible than it was maybe before a lot of the analytics came into play. You had based on what you just said, you had assumptions and sometimes the assumptions were right. And if they were, that's great. When they were wrong, you took a longer time to pivot that because nobody wanted to to necessarily contradict the assumptions. But when you have data, now you're expected, I think, in many ways to pivot faster and to recognize when things weren't working and how do you problem solve there. So talk a little bit about uh, with the audience, a little bit about what that looks like now today as a marketing leader. Compared to what before you had a lot of the analytics and
0: the pace. You are correct. I mean, before it was whatever sticks, sticks. Um, and we didn't have a way to measure, you know, print advertising other than what's the readership of the magazine, right? Well, the circulation is 100,000 times 2.65 pass along. I mean, everything was based on readership. Now we have hard data, which to your point does hold us accountable. Um, And I think that the key to um, collecting data is being able to use it. And again, that was another hard lesson that I learned years ago. I got so in-depth about every single number, and it was, what do you call it, analysis by paralysis or paralysis by analysis, something like that. But over the years, I've really learned to say, okay, we need to, as a leadership team, agree on what are the KPIs, what is important to the business, Um, and really hone in on those KPIs um, and not only present those KPIs on a very regular basis. um, I know at our company, um, we presented those numbers every single month. And, you know, our leadership was very, um, very organized in making sure that we do this every single month so that we didn't lose the momentum. So we were really... um, interested in making sure that we're not only looking at the data on a very frequent basis but from a marketing perspective it's here's what's working here's what's not working and we have to be very transparent and what i used to always tell my team is you know when things aren't working that's that's good because we're learning as long as we do something to mitigate that and so i think the other key piece to that is really taking the data and showing the 3 to 5 steps that we need to take to turn a negative trend into a positive trend. So not only reviewing the data, but using the data I think is extremely critical and being able to show how you're gonna do that. And then even following up on, we made these changes and here was the result.
1: I think you bring a different perspective to marketing that many people would would find fascinating in the sense that you have the creative Uh-oh. ability but you also <laughs> have that analytic piece which oftentimes traditionally people think of marketing as the creative types well you guys only create yes. stuff and you don't and you bring that balance it's one of the things that I was 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 remarkable to me as as we worked together because you blended both of those so well, and I think, especially in our world where technology was driven by a lot of the engineering folks right. in our organization, that threw them off. Quite frankly, watching right. them, go, oh, wait a minute, there's facts in this. It's not just uh, the creativity. <laughs> right. So, talk. I guess for those who are getting into the marketing space and think, well, I'm not very creative. Tell them, uh, maybe share that a little bit with with the way marketing is is now done. Uh, and how that that balance of creativity with the facts or analytics uh, plays a part in it. So what kind of career paths can m- maybe people coming out of college with a marketing degree consider?
0: Right. I think that's a very good point. I think the perception, whether good or bad, has always been that the creative people just make stuff look pretty. Um, and, you know, that over the years has gotten easier to change that perception because we use facts now to to change those perceptions. Um, but it's interesting that you said that because um, most recently I have been working with some college students who are looking to really understand marketing more because they're trying to figure out if that's the the path they want to take. And um, analytics oftentimes come up and it's, it's not just about color crayons. It's about really understanding what our marketing what impact the marketing um, has on the business and so it's it's a mixture of the right brain and the left brain and I always get the two confused which is creative and which is business analytics but that is a lot of what I make sure that I'm these college students understand is you know if you like numbers this is the place for you because you get to you get to use the numbers, but you also get to use the creativity um, in marketing. And even if you don't know the numbers, well, then you can still go down the path of marketing, and someone else can do the numbers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So let's talk about maybe the the trends that you've seen, uh, and and what you anticipate happening from a digital marketing perspective. So what are some of the things that you have uh, been most fascinating to you? Over the last couple of years, and maybe where you see that going from a from a digital marketing perspective,
0: right? I definitely see that consumer behaviors are changing, right? And this has been gradually happening over time. But people, um, consumers, they want to do their own research. They're very much more independent in their their own buyer life cycle, I think, than than they used to be. And I think part of that is because the Internet or the World Wide Web is now available to us, and so it gives us that power to make our own decisions. Um, And sometimes, quite frankly, um, depending on the product or service or complexity of the product or service, people just don't want to be sold to anymore. And so I think that the value for marketers is that we can take that opportunity and make sure that we're creating that user experience to pass that buying power off to the customer um, and let them make their own decisions. Um, and when they feel like they're getting close to making a decision, they pick up the phone and they have the most valuable conversation with the salesperson. And so I think, um, you know, giving that, that consumer the information that they need, when they need it, where they need it, and when, you know, when, where, and what they need and, um, you know, then passing that off to sales. And that's where the bridge is going to come in. It's not only going to allow the sales team to have a much more qualified buyer, but it's going to allow the customer to be able to get more in-depth about how this the product or service can really meet their needs. So it's connecting the customer with with what they want. Um, and I think sales really appreciates that as well, because like I said, then they're getting the opportunity to really have a more qualified, ready buyer on their hands.
1: And so for organizations that might be sort of still tiptoeing into digital marketing. Shame
0: on them. Catch up, right? Yeah,
1: catch up. What are some best practices that you might give to to those marketing departments and those organizations who might be a little tepid still in getting in front of uh, the digital marketing world?
0: Right. I think that definitely gets back to sort of um, understanding the needs and coming to an agreement on how we're going to get there. Um, And I think in terms of of definitely best practices, making sure that um, you have operations in place. Um, and by that I mean making sure that there is a solid um, platform for not only marketing, but all employees within an organization to engage in social media, make sure that people are, um, you know, brand compliant and really putting, you know, those compliant measures or or I should say compliant guidelines together um, so that when the marketing plans and activity is starting to happen, you've already got that foundation of best practices in place, whether it's brand, whether it's how to use social media in the proper fashion without damaging, you know, the organization's image. Um, And really, in analytics would be another one, making sure that, you know, best practices, we are always measuring the right KPIs for the business. Well, you know,
1: I I think those are are really important lessons for people to learn. I know having taken on more of a business leadership role as opposed to to the world I started in, which was HR, mm-hmm. the thing that I, I I often tell our our folks here is we we like to think everybody sells. It's not just the sales department's role. Right. And so marketing plays a role in that, that brand awareness, which is also why uh, we have made a decision as an organization to be a, a, a values-based organization, some, something that we live in, and breathe by. How do you incorporate that uh, culture of an organization into the brand itself and to make sure that those both are um, front and center when you're trying to sell service or or, or product to, to customer bases?
0: Right. And I think the first part of that is educating the employees on, the value of our brand, right? And, you know, at, at a previous company, um, the leadership team, we put together a brand platform, right? So it's ensuring that our brand is consistently uh, communicated, um, you know, whether that's communication within the organization or externally to customers. So really providing employees with a what is our brand, what's important to us, and how can we effectively convey that to our customers or to other people that we interact with. Um, So really just establishing um, what our brand is, I think is is definitely one of the first steps. And then also giving giving employees the tools to be able to convey that message um, consistently. And again, going back to social media as an example, is that um, I believe that social media should not just be coming from the marketing team, right? I do believe that um, employees throughout the company, whatever their role is, should use social media in the proper way because that definitely helps build up the the brand of the organization in a very favorable way. If you've got everybody singing from the same songbook, um, you know, and I think it also makes employees feel like, hey, I can be part of this, and I can also be part of selling our organization. And I think that that's a very healthy attitude um, for employees to have as well. Gives them a sense of belonging.
1: Yeah, something bigger than themselves, which is yes. uh, which is also part of the purpose of most organizations, or at least you hope that 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 is the case. Yes. So pivoting a little bit for small and mid-sized companies who may not do a lot of marketing right now, don't know where to start, uh, have a bunch of folks who have learned to sell their business because of the way they operate, whatever that might be. What advice would you give to business owners or leadership groups of small to mid-sized businesses who say, hey, we need to start doing some marketing what are some of the things that they can start to think about and help craft uh, what that looks like for their organization?
0: Right. Um, and I think a critical step to that is, again, sitting down, asking asking the questions. Um, are we getting leads? If we're not getting leads, we develop a plan to obtain those leads. If we are getting leads, but they're not converting, what do we need to do to build that up? So I think that going through that Q&A, if you will, is a critical piece to really um, understanding how marketing can contribute um, in the quickest fashion. Um, And that might be, we don't have a website. Let's build a website. Um, We have a website. Uh, It's not getting any traffic. We need to build up the traffic on the website, which will then obviously turn into, you know, customer engagement. So it's really going through that question and answer, um, you know, platform to understand what companies need. And again, I think the other thing is start small. Um, and there's this tendency to want to do everything. We need social media, we need email marketing, we need marketing automation, we need, you know, website, we need advertising, we need organic search. And it's it it doesn't have to all happen at once. And you know, after companies and sales teams and product and marketing teams really understand these are our pain points, then marketing can figure out a way to alleviate those pain points.
1: Very good. Uh, So I guess the last question I have for you uh, is for those who are aspiring uh, marketers in either early in their career or just starting out, what's maybe one thing that you wish you would have known had you started out that you could uh, convey to somebody that they may not either learn that lesson the hard way or uh, simply gets them ahead of the uh, the curve that maybe you wish you would have known?
0: Right. I think especially in working with college students lately, I think that um, a couple of things are going through my mind. I think that you don't have to rush to figure out where you want to excel in marketing or or what area of marketing you want to pursue. Go in and start somewhere um, because chances are that you are going to definitely and very quickly on learn about other areas of marketing. So someone might come in and they may, you know, be interested in website development, but then they end up learning a little bit more about search marketing. And all of a sudden they decide that they want to change their approach. And I think that that's okay because not everybody knows everything about marketing. And so until you're exposed to that in a real life situation, don't feel pressured to make that decision small bite-sized pieces. My team used to always tease me because small bite-sized pieces, as long as we're moving forward, we won't get overwhelmed, so.
1: Well, I, I lied. There is one more question because oh, I do, John. I know, because uh, what what you just mentioned brings to, to light. The one thing that I, I admired uh, about the way that you developed the team was giving people the opportunity to excel and grow and find their niche in marketing you exposed a lot of your team to all different aspects of what was going on in the marketing area. Um, And you can see kind of the tree or lineage of, of your marketing teams as they've gone out to other places and taken on new roles. As a marketing leader, what would you share with other marketing leaders as they're building out teams or trying to uh, help the, them grow as uh, as leaders uh, to to be able to pass on to them.
0: Right. I think one of the things that I definitely learned is there are so many different areas within marketing, right? But in order to have, you know, there's public relations, there's content, there's search marketing, there's web, there's email, there's marketing automation, there's trade shows and events. and um, But it all needs to be integrated and it all needs to be aligned. And so one of the things that I learned was, early on, not at our place of employment, but somewhere else, um, is that everybody wanted to make their own areas, their own specialty, and they didn't necessarily understand that the decisions that they were making from a search perspective, search engine marketing perspective, would impact the website. And so it's, it's learning to bring the team together in a very collaborative way to really learn to work together so that they understand that, hey guys, we're in this together. I know you own search marketing, but that impacts this, 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 and this. And so I loved doing that. And and there would be times where we would be in team meetings and people were afraid to maybe give their opinion on someone else's area of expertise, or they were afraid, you know, to you know, go outside of their own area. And what I would work with them on is, you guys, it's okay to agree to disagree. Um, We want to agree to disagree. We want to be able to challenge each other, and that's okay, even if, if it's not your area of expertise. So really building a team that is highly productive and highly effective based on that collaboration and that alignment, and actually just having fun, I think is really important.
1: Well I, I appreciate the conversation today. I think I learned a, a tremendous amount. I also realized uh, how much fun it was to work with you uh, and and that's that's something that was uh, um, uh, a legacy that I, I hope that other organizations will be able to to learn from. Is there uh, a place that people can reach out to you where where can they connect with you online to, to learn more about? you and, and what you can offer to, to organizations sure
0: sure i am on linkedin that would probably be the easiest way to to look me up so
1: perfect we will make sure that's uh that is a, a link on our our uh, podcast episode so
0: thank i appreciate you. it thank you very much thank you for having me thanks john thanks for listening to learn more visit fcpservices.com until next time remember people drive growth